listening to the Neophotonics Podcast. Welcome to the Neophotonics Podcast. I'm John Houghton, and this is a program where we talk about insights and best practices for optical communications, lasers, and their applications. On the line with me today are Winston Way, Mark Stiller, and Ferris Lipscomb. How are you guys doing today? Great, thank you. Just fine. Great, John. How are you? Good. Today we're talking about the 400ZR Plus Hyperscale Data Centers and Open Rotom. Mark, what does 400ZR Plus mean, and why should carriers and hyperscale operators care? That's a good question, John. 400ZR Plus refers back to the current OIF 400ZR, which was a standard developed for data center interconnects to reach up to 120 kilometers over fiber at 400 gigabit per second. The plus in ZR plus refers to going beyond that 120 kilometer constraint. Why should carriers and hyperscale operators care? Well, there's two reasons. One is this has developed over the last two, three years and is now entering deployment phase. It's becoming clear that this is a very cost-effective solution for delivering 400 gigabit per second over fiber by eliminating an entire layer of the um, network, which would be the transponder muxponder layer, these devices plug directly into switches and make it much more simple network operation, much more cost-effective for the same bandwidth. But unfortunately, not all networks are comprised of 120 kilometer spans. So being able to go beyond that distance by improving the performance of the existing product allows you to take the same infrastructure, the same cost structure, and apply it more broadly in networks. Yeah, and also uh, so it seems in terms of a uh, rodent for cloud and telecom operators, they often have uh, rodent networks. You know, that's consisting of a bunch of uh, wavelength selected switches so that uh, wavelengths can be add drop at uh, certain locations. And for those networks that have rodents in there, uh, their requirement on the system performance is even higher. Therefore, ZR plus will be needed. Yeah, it's a good point, Winston. The, um, yeah, the, the other thing about 400ZR is it's a point-to-point standard. So it's you know, basically much simpler in terms of the number of scenarios you have to deal with. But if you want to try and adapt that type of product into a a switched Rotom network, it becomes a lot more complicated. So ZR Plus can mean quite a few things, actually, in that context. So it seems like we developed something for 120 kilometers, and it turned out really well. And now we're finding out it has broader applications? Yes. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it, John. And I think what we're also finding is the capability of the optics, the capability of the signal processing can be pushed further than the original intention. So as we you know, continue to explore different applications, we're finding that this, this technology, these products can have a much broader application. So with the optics and the improvement in signal, just what was it that was improved and why is it better? So there are quite a number of things. You know, one, of course, Mark mentioned that the power of the DSP could operate at even lower electrical power than anticipated. But the same is true of the optics. The the combination of the laser, the power consumption of the laser, the line width of the laser, and also the receiver and modulator, which are integrated in the silicon photonics COSA, you know, had lower loss and uh, higher responsivity. 
So all told, put together the package means that a pluggable module, which is the same size as a client-side transceiver, same form factor, can actually perform as well as a line card-based solution. So that's opened up a lot of different uh, new applications. What are the challenges for 400ZR Plus? Yeah, I think I can um, provide some answers to that question. Uh, The first one is the noise tolerance, because you're module, your transceiver module is now going through a longer distance than 120 kilometers. Uh, It could go up to, you know, 500 to 1,000 kilometer distance easily. So you need to tolerate a lot of noise accumulated along the path. So the first one is how the transceiver can tolerate the uh, accumulated noise along the traveling path. Uh, The second one is the form factor, because a small form factor is preferred to be plugged into switch and routers. However, a smaller form factor like DDQSP, its power consumption tolerance is small, so you cannot apply a very strong DSP to the module so that you can have a better noise tolerance. So then the, this challenge of the form factor makes some telecom operators or cloud operators to use a bigger form factor like CFP2 DCO, but not always they like to do that. So how in the future we can deal with this dilemma that you want to have a small form factor, yet you want it to traverse a longer distance. Uh, that's going to be, there. there is uh, some solution which I can talk about a little bit later, but uh, I think that's a dilemma people are facing now that you want to have a transceiver that has a small form factor, and at the same time, you have a high noise tolerance. And the third uh, aspect of the challenges is the crosstalk, because now most people like to use 75 gigahertz spacing for 400ZR+. So you need to be careful about the crosstalk from neighbor channels. And the fourth one is uh, the bandwidth narrowing effect due to cascaded rodents because you're passing through a lot of rodents, the bandwidth of the rodent will decrease after too many cascades. And therefore, the signal performance will be affected. So how do you balance the, uh, the number of rodents you can pass, the noise you can tolerate, the crosstalk you can take? So that, that's uh, you know, multiple aspects of the challenges for 400ZR+. But I think all, all these are happening. Most of these uh, technical challenges uh, have been resolved today. So I think uh, the most important challenge that people would like to see a solution is how you can use a small form factor while in a, at the same time have a very high noise tolerance. And that's something we have to see in the next few months to a year to, to, to see people come up with the solutions. So Mark, tell us about some of the standards here. So, yeah, the challenges Winston described are indeed uh, significant. And what we're seeing now is the development of standards to try and bridge those gaps. So the OpenZR Plus MSA is extending the point-to-point performance concepts to go to much longer reaches and to deal with simple rotom networks. So the narrowing issues, the noise tolerance issues are all being addressed in that. And... 
There's also work being done with proprietary, slightly higher performance versions of that module, again, to try and at least look to see how far the ZR plus can be pushed in small form factors. Certainly the CFP2 is a form factor that can deliver the performance that so will work across a very broad range of applications. But our, you know, the challenges we see it as a, as a module manufacturer and participating in this is to put as much of that performance as possible within the power and size constraints inherent in a QSF PDD and OSFP. So it's a very interesting challenge and one that we're making progress. And as Winston indicated, you know, the next three to six months should be very telling as to how far this can be pushed with the current generation of product. There's another debate going on in the industry right now. And that, you know, Mark mentioned using proprietary solutions. One of the big advantages or one of the big selling points of the original 400ZR OIF definition was that uh, different transceivers from different manufacturers would be able to interoperate. So a carrier or a hyperscaler would not have to have the same manufacturer make the transceiver on both ends of a link. However, when you do that, you kind of reduce things to the lowest common denominator. In other words, there has to be performance spec and particularly the DSP that everyone can meet. However, different VIN manufacturers have different approaches and different ways to get more performance out of their components or out of their modules. And by using these proprietary systems, which only work within you know, one manufacturer's products, you can extend the reach and you can extend the number of rotom nodes that a transceiver can transmit through. So that does require what's called bookending, where the customer, the hyperscale, or whoever's making the network would have to make sure that the transceivers on both ends of the link are made by the same manufacturer. But it increases the, the performance and increases the number of use cases that can be addressed and therefore may be acceptable. So that's a debate that's uh, still ongoing in the industry now. Well, thanks, you guys. I look forward to hearing what happens with this. And for our audience, you have been listening to the Neophotonics Podcast, your source for insight and best practices for optical communications, lasers, and their applications. If you have feedback, a comment, or a question for one of our experts to answer on the podcast, you can write to us at podcast at neophotonics.com or call 408-904-2401. Thank you.